It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode, titled Going Bananas, originally aired on Patreon on September 10th, 2020. Enjoy. Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam, for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. Well, we we can give this a shot and uh, see what we come up with. Um, okay. <laughs> so, just starting right off and and jumping right in, everybody. Hello, welcome to a Hive Jive Junkie bonus episode. Um, this episode is going to be a trial and error. We have Ken remote from his house, and yep. I am uh, remote from my house, and we yep. are trying out. Um, some new software, uh, same thing that we've been testing, like we did on the interview with Jim Astley and the uh, Homestead Hens and Honey interview, that one, um, some of the things we've been trying out here. So we've got Ken on board and <laughs> sound quality could be all over the place. There there may be some digital cut-ins and outs. Um, we're kind of getting some rain showers and storms in and out here and his, uh, his Wi-Fi is not cooperating. So cross your fingers, everyone. We're going to see how this goes. Yep, we're just working on the phone right now, so we'll see how it goes and see what we can do. That's right. Actually, recording-wise, uh, air date-wise, when you guys are listening to this, in theory, sometime today, a bunch of new toys should show up here for Ken and I. So we're going to go through and put all that together and, fingers crossed, hopefully um, alleviate the last of our technological challenge and phone issue challenge and, and sound quality challenges and... Uh, kind of redo this sucker from the ground up and see what happens. So there's that. Yep. Everything's good on this sense. You're sounding good right now. And I don't know what I sound up there, but I bet it's all right. Yeah. You don't sound bad. Um, uh, you did not cut out. Uh, so that is a good thing. And also just yep. for everybody, if you, if you hear that in the background, Ken is sitting in his house and he does have parrots and that is a parrot that you were hearing. <laughs> parrot hollering. You're right. Uh, no, I don't have parrots. My wife and my son have parrots, and my son didn't take his parrots home with him when he got married. So we are raising his parrots, or got we feed his parrots. Let's put it that way. And if it's up to me, we wouldn't have any parrots. I'll quit that. that. <laughs> well, so so everybody is aware now that that is what that is in the background. There is the parrots. So, um, yep, yep, squawking away. So. This episode is um, aptly titled, Everybody's Going Bananas. Um, <laughs> there has been a lot of internet chatter and social media things and that, that have popped up about bees, beekeeping, and bananas specifically. And this is not anything new. This is actually stuff that has been around since I, I found issues or, or postings all the way back from 2013 of people claiming or asking or thinking that this is a good idea. And uh, there has been another round. I saw a round of it last year. There's been another round here recently where it's it's made the circuit again. And the, the core concept of it is that people seem to think that placing bananas, be them whole or mushed up, into a beehive is an acceptable alternative food source for the bees. No. Well... No, 
<laughs> and yeah. why do you why do you <laughs> say no? Because if anybody's worked bees and and well a bunch of mean bees anyway, and when they come up in front of you and they're and you, well if it's the dearth and you're out there robbing them and they all come out of the hive and they decide they want to eat you, uh, you'll find that one get in front of your face and all of a sudden you smell bananas. So what a banana is putting out the pheromone that is the attack pheromone from the one bee that gets upset at you or you poke one and it, you know, stings or, or you kill one and it puts that pheromone out. And basically that pheromone is the attack pheromone. And all you're doing is making them upset. That's the way I look at it anyway. Yeah. So that, that is actually one piece of the puzzle and the, chemical composition of the attack pheromone that does give it the banana-esque smell is very similar to the chemical composition that gives a banana its smell. And so there is a lot of talk out there about how you don't eat a banana and then go into your bee yard or don't be eating a banana in your bee yard because the bees will come and sting you in the mouth. And just like everything, there's, there's just as many pros and cons to that um, truths and myths out there about both of those things. But that is one aspect, yes. Um, is there any other positive or negative, uh, you know, pluses or minuses or drawbacks that you can come up with? When they rot, they stink. <laughs> chickens like bananas. I just feed them to my chickens if I got some old bananas. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not a fan of adding anything into the hive that would not normally or naturally be found in the hive. And as everybody out there knows, Ken and I do not actively do pollen patties. We do the pollen powder substitute yeah. and we feed it outright in the open so that the bees can come and take it if they need it and bring it back into their colony and do with as they need. The sugar syrup, we do feed that internally via controlled feeding methods, either a top feeder or like an inverted jar feeder um, so that the bees can have access to that and potentially reduce robbing. But that's it. I don't really put any other solid substances inside my hive, especially solid substances that the bees themselves would never necessarily go and forage on. Now then, here's a counter to that. A lot of the people out there online that are going through and saying you should do this will claim that, well, if you put old rotten fruit out, bees will come to it and they will take the nectar and stuff from it. And that is true. Yes, they will go, especially in the dearth when there's no natural pollen available. You're going to find bees in the trash cans at gas stations drinking up the last little bits of syrup from the Coke. You're going to find them on any rotten fruit that is out somewhere that may be leaking the nectar from inside the fruit. Um, all of those types of things are valid, but they're doing it out of desperation. When there's plenty of nectar available, you don't see the bees in these other instances trying to get this stuff. So should we be putting bananas into our hives as a supplemental food source? No. No. At that same thing, okay, do you want to put a half a watermelon in your hive? It's got water and it's got sugar. Yeah, same kind of thing. Yeah, it, well, and, and that's actually another thing, another fruit that people have talked about. There's been pictures that have circulated online where banana, or not banana, watermelon growers have sliced open a ton of watermelons that were kind of rotten and they left them out and they were just covered in bees and they were feeding the bees the sugar water out of the watermelon. And again, yeah, in oh, the summer true. dearth, the bees will go do that and they will dehydrate it down and they will go through and try to make a food store out of it. But 
do you want to put that solid thing into your beehive? And the answer is a resounding no. No. Uh -uh. You do not want to do that. No. So no. one of the plus things that they say that the banana has is that it is giving them a carbohydrate, quote unquote. So that's a sugar source. That's what the sugar is supposed to be for them. And that it is also giving them some of the trace minerals that would be linked to electrolytes like magnesium and potassium. Uh-huh. And we know the bananas are really high in potassium. So uh -huh. that is some of the logic that is playing suit to this, right? But in reality, what you end up with is a simple fact of bees are designed to go and forage on pollen, which pollen has the protein, but it also has the majority of the other amino acids and the vitamins and minerals all mixed into it. The other thing they forage for is the sugar, the nectar, which is water and sucrose. And they take that and they break that down into fructose, glucose, and dextrose. So that's it. That's what they consume naturally. Now, we can't look at things that we as humans eat and that are healthy for us and then turn around and assume that they're going to be healthy for an insect because that's not how that works. If you're feeding your bees something that is a non-natural source and you're feeding it to them in the spring or summer, that may not be as bad. You do run the risk of alerting other predators and pests to the fact that there's something in there. Bananas are going to attract not just the hive beetles that would naturally be inside your hive, but they're going to attract ants, roaches, mice, raccoons, skunks, um, all kinds of little critters that normally would avoid your hive and monkeys. not mess with it. Monkeys, that's monkeys. right. The monkeys are yeah, going to monkeys steal your come hive. After them. Yeah, and honey stealing monkeys. Honey stealing monkeys. They have, dang, honey stealing monkeys ruined my honey crop. Um, well, you know, here in, here, here in Texas, we have monkeys. I'm afraid to they're answer in, that. They're in South Texas. They were brought here from Japan and released into South Texas. And they're a white monkey. They're a snow monkey. Really? And, uh, oh, yeah, we do. And because we hunted a place in the and all the landowners tell you, you see one, shoot him. I mean, they tear stuff up. They are and they're big. They're they're as big as a uh, chimpanzee. And they uh, they tell them, you know, shoot them. What? They tear they tear stuff up. Yeah. They don't want them. They don't want them. They'll rip up, uh, you know, water. You put a water tank out. With uh, the fount, you know, the the on-off switch, on-off valve on it, they'll break them off. Oh, they tear stuff up because they're they're just, you know, naturally inquisitive. So, yeah. But anyway, smart and curious. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet you, if they got figuring out that they could find honey in a hive, they probably would. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what a monkey would think about a beehive necessarily. I mean, they beehives obviously exist in jungles and there's monkeys in jungles. And so that, that could be a whole nother thing. But, <laughs> you know, the bees don't oh. naturally go and steal the bananas from the monkeys. So if you don't oh. put bananas in your hive, the monkey's not going to yeah. come steal the honey from the bees. There you go. <laughs> The uh, yeah. So the other things that you got to keep in mind are all of this solid waste that you have now put in there. A banana is not a liquid substance, even though as it gets more ripe and it starts to break down, mm. it does ooze and it becomes more yeah. liquidy. Yes. Mm. But there's a lot of fiber in there. And the whole point of the bees storing the nectar and just having the sugar as their food source for the wintertime 
is that there are no solids inside there that the bees cannot digest that they have to then excrete. And in the summer months, yes, the bees can leave. They can relieve themselves, defecate and fly back into the hive and everything is fine. But in the winter, they cannot do that, especially if you're in a northern state. They can't go and relieve themselves. So by putting something like this in there, not only are you increasing the chances of having other nuisance pests either in the hive or tearing your hive apart, but you also run the risk of now giving your bees the bee form of dysentery. They're going to try to hold it because they can't go and relieve themselves to the point where they can't and they get bacteria overgrowths and then they get diarrhea and they start having diarrhea all over inside the hive which then causes a double fold issue because the smell from that overpowers a lot of the pheromones that they use to communicate and the nurse bees that go through and try to clean that up if any bees that have other diseases and viruses and parasites end up getting this dysentery they then go and they spread it throughout the entire colony because the rest of the colony tries to clean up that mess and by doing so they can ingest these things and it's just a bad idea so no the resounding answer is no You can look online and you can find a lot of different people with a lot of frivolous claims about it, but you will find no hard, fast, scientific fact research on the fact of whether or not it works. You just find claims of people saying that it works and it does not work the way that they claim it does. The bees a lot of times eat it to get rid of it. They will lick it up and chew pieces of it off and fly out and drop it outside the hive somewhere else. They don't necessarily leave it on the front porch in a tie bag for you to say, hey, I didn't want this. They fly off with all their debris and they throw it away. So just because it disappears from your hive does not mean that they ate it, nor that they liked it being there. And have you ever seen little bitty rolls of toilet paper? Little bitty bee rolls of toilet paper. Have you ever seen that? That tells you right there that bee and bananas is not good for bees. You know, though. I did get that one super small roll of toilet paper. You remember me telling you about the one that Kevin uh, got when he was doing that yeah. search and he got the one from China and it was the, the like the smallest roll of toilet paper ever? It's close. It's not B toilet paper small, but it is close. <laughs> okay. But yes, the, so ultimately, everybody, don't do that. That is a bad no. idea. No. Um, you know, you've heard me say it time and time and time again. Facebook and YouTube can be the devil. The internet can be the devil. You can find anything you want if you search hard enough. And that does not mean that it is the correct answer. But if you don't agree with something, and it doesn't matter what it is, you can pick a subject. If you don't agree with it and you search long enough, you will find other people who also don't agree with it and will give their opinions, although they will present them as facts, as to why people shouldn't agree with it. And you'll find just as many people that do agree with things as well and support their opinions and facts. So just be very, very careful about that. But if it was really a thing, then you would be hearing about it from the PhD and doctorate people that are always doing research on stuff. Like it would be on Randy Oliver's page talking about how this is the new miracle cure for all this stuff, because in reality, it's not. And that's why you're not seeing it on those types of places you're just seeing it in the 
oh, well, I, you know, I saw this and I tried it and it was amazing because it did all these wonderful things. You know, it, it cured chalk brood. There's a whole thing out there about people thinking that the bananas will cure chalk brood. And all of the scientific backed research states that the best way to treat a hive for chalk brood is to feed the hive pure sugar syrup so that it is strong and healthy and does not have any extra solids in it that are going to cause the bees to have to spread potentially giving dysentery or anything else and spread that throughout the colony. So a strong, robust, healthy colony fed pure sugar with nothing else in it is the best way to combat that, not giving it bananas because everyone else is just going bananas. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> well, I went and uh, fed the bees this morning and uh, we did all kinds of stuff and looked at them and, uh, we found one hive we felt soft. We found three mites, so varroa mites. So I guess we're going to do a shake on them, sugar shake. And all the rest of them look good. I'm going to I'm gonna combine a couple of three hives and build their numbers up. But right now, you know, with, with what's going on here in Texas, you know, this is something we don't ever talk about, but John is that when, you know, we're always talking, this is fall, kind of, sort of, late summer, fall. But if we look up north, it's already fall and getting close to winter up there. I mean, it's going to be 37 degrees in Denver tomorrow. And it was 93 there yesterday. So now we are just starting to raise winter bees. Up north, they've been raising winter bees for a while. And I don't know where I'm trying to go with this, but I figured (laughs) you'd pick up and take off with it somewhere. But, you know, it's something that we don't talk about. We're raising winter bees. We want to raise winter bees. This is what we have to have to make it through the winter. And then when we get to spring, we have the winter bees that do a lot more. The winter bees are a third, again, as big, larger, than the regular honeybees. Yeah, the they're ones fat. That are in there. Yeah, they're fat. I mean, they're big, fat honeybees. And uh, that's what we want through the winter. But... Uh, well, so, well, so on that note... We talk about the, them, but we don't... Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, on the note of the winter bees, they are a, a bee that actually has more fat bodies inside of its overall body makeup. And that bee then is able to survive longer, kind of withstand some of the temperature variances and be able to have more food reserves inside of its body to vibrate and generate the heat needed to go through and help keep the colony warm and keep everything sustainable all the way through the winter. And most of the colonies start that process at the tail end of October, or sorry, the tail end of August into the beginning of of September. And they will go based on your season all the way up in through the end of October, sometimes even the end of November, just depending on when your actual true fall and winter start. So there is this random freak cold front. Um, By the time everybody hears this, the cold front will have already came through. But um, Mm -hmm. recording date wise, we're recording this on Tuesday and the cold front is coming through tonight and into Thursday. Um, Mm -hmm. So Tuesday night into Wednesday, Wednesday into Thursday. So when you guys end up hearing this on Thursday, it's already here, and mm-hmm. Denver is looking at getting snow. Uh, the, the 
southwest corner of Kansas, panhandle of Oklahoma, and the tip of the panhandle of, Can- of Texas all mm-hmm. potentially have a chance to get some light snow. And then up in the northern states, like I was talking to Jacob earlier today, and they are looking at getting, uh, let's see, the temperature today is going to be, no, tomorrow their temperature is going to be 45. Thursday, their temperature is going to be 58, and that's their high. But then on Friday and Saturday, it jumps back up into the 70s, and by next yeah. Friday, it's back up to 80. So this little cold front is is just the first wave of stuff that's going to come through for the fall for sure. Um, but yes, the uh, a lot of people up north are already experiencing winter, or not winter, sorry, you're already experiencing fall. Your, fall. your seasons are changing. The temperatures are changing. And for people in Australia your beekeeping season is just starting. Um, I've seen tons of posts. Yeah, that's right. It's the, it's spring is on its way. I've seen a ton of posts about people out there already catching swarms in Australia. So that's already a thing. Um, as our season starts coming to a close, yours starts off and and really gets to rolling. So it's just kind of crazy. We'll actually have to, um, we'll talk about that on the main segment in the the next week or two. Um, we'll kind of go into a little bit more on that. Sounds good. Yeah. Now, you got your shirt, your redone, revised times two shirt. That's good. <laughs> and I got my hat. I look like a truck driver. I'm a B truck driver. That's right. You, you're one of them <laughs> them guys that drive them B trucks and then end up yeah. tipping them over alongside the road somewhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, make a bunch of mad bees. Make a bunch of mad bees. So they... Uh, the new shirts, everybody has received the notifications and, um, you know, for certain tiers on Patreon, you all received coupons. If you have not already used yours, please go through, go through and do so. Um, it is, it's out there for everybody. Now the, some of the colors are already going away. So we started off giving everybody a bunch of options and the orange version of the shirt the orange material has already uh, been discontinued. And that was not by us. That's by the manufacturer. So that has already disappeared. But we will slowly be narrowing this down um, until we end up just having one option available or maybe two options available, and that's it. So this first run was really just to give everybody, you know, some, some creative license where they could go through and they could choose the font color and they could choose the shirt color that they liked and pair those together and kind of have fun with your first shirts. But here after a little while, that will go away. And Ken and I do both have uh, two versions of a test hat. He got the trucker version of the hat and I got the, and I quote, distressed dad hat (laughs) is what it's actually called. Distressed dad hat. The distressed dad hat. Um, it is a, uh, it's one of the form fitted ball cap kind of hats. It does not have the stiff front. It, it just rolls with the, the shape of your head basically. Um, but we do have the hats and the hats will be, I'm actually very impressed with the way that they were embroidered and done. Yeah. yeah. And so we will eventually be putting those out there for everybody. Um, there will be other fun things that we will sneak in there from time to time, potentially some coffee mugs, uh, you know, just little things like that that can be little fun gifts or knickknack type items or joke items, you know, whatever. We'll put some of that stuff out there for everybody as well. So, but very, very thrilled. So far, we have received several photos from some of our avid listeners that have showed us the their shirts. Um, I have heard 
that the, and this is what we found with you, but this was with one of the test shirts we ended up not deciding to use, but the, the 2XL seems to run a smidge small, maybe yep. half a size smaller than you'd think it is. And yep. so therefore you might want to do the 3XL if you normally do a 2XL and it's kind of snug or you're worried, you might want to do a 3XL. But here's the rub with that. And this is all the Aussie's fault. It's all you people down there in Oz, you screwed it all up. So with the distributor, so that we don't have to charge outrageous shipping for somebody buying it in the UK or somebody buying it down in Australia, we actually have the distributor, not us, but the distributor has distribution points and factories in Australia and in the United Kingdom. So if somebody over in England orders a shirt in London, for instance, it'll ship from the UK and they won't have to pay shipping from overseas from America. And the same thing with Australia. If somebody in Australia orders a shirt, you're only paying your standard postal shipping across Australia. That's it. And that's why the shipping is as cheap as it is. We did have a couple of people go, hey, uh, this was this seemed really cheap. You guys sure you did this right? You might want to recalculate. I don't want you losing money. Um, but that's why you're able to get the cheap shipping costs on that. But when I did that, and I set up all this stuff. Originally, a lot of the shirt color options go all the way up to 4XL. But when I added Australia in there, it limited it to where 2XL is like the largest you can find on most of the shirt colors. And it's only when I have the distribution center for Australia in there. So apparently Australia doesn't believe in people needing a 3 or 4XL. Um, which is not a bad thing. We should all be more health conscious, but at the same time, it really sucks for people who want a three or four XL. <laughs> so, so what, what you're saying is a bunch of skinny guys down in Aussie land. Well, I mean, according to the distributor, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I cannot speak one way or the other for that, but according to the distributor, <laughs> yeah, that, that would seem to be the case because, Every time I plug it in, it would change the the options. And actually, you know, I mentioned Jacob earlier here in the United States when he was going through and first looking, he was looking for a specific size. And I told him, I was like, try the different logo colors and try the different shirt colors because some colors specifically offer larger sizes than others because it's all based on that remote distributors inventory. So our shopping cart automatically updates with whatever the inventory is for the distributor. And that's why you'll see some of these radical switches and stuff in there. It's not us doing it. It's it's them doing it. But anyway, y'all have the ability to get shirts. They're awesome. I have some. Ken has some. My whole family has some. Um, in fact, I just spent, I spent $40 out of my own pocket and ordered two additional different shirts earlier this week. And then, or I guess it would have been the end of last week. And then I turned around and put in a $60 order out of my own pocket again today, um, buying shirts because <laughs> I wanted options. Oh, I'm making money off of you. We're good. You are, you are. Yeah. We are making money off of me. Yay. Um, but it, you know, it was just kind of funny. I was like, Oh, well, I, I, I kind of want to, I want, you know, different colors and different options so that I can wear them in different scenarios and, and represent without just having one shirt. So I was like, yeah, I'll get, I'll get multiples. Um, but my mom, she, you know, she wanted one. And so we, we've gone through and, and kind of helped spread the love. Now I do have shirts, all of those test shirts, and I don't know what to do with them. We ordered, uh, we've got like a medium and a large in three different styles of shirt uh just one color primarily though 
And those were whenever we were testing them out, we would order a medium and a large to test the size differences between the two, basically. And then we had the color and the font and everything on it. And then they came in and I would go through and look at them. And the first batch that we thought was going to work really good that Ken and I ordered for ourselves ended up not being as great as we thought initially. And the sizing was way off, like way worse than what we're going with today. Um, And they're long. They're like, like a nightdress, like a girl's nightdress. Like you put them on and they come down just above your knee. And I'm like, what the hell? Why would a shirt ever be like that? Like, even if you're going to tuck it in, you're not going to tuck it into your knees. Like there should never be that much fabric below the waist on a shirt. That's just ridiculous. Um, So the one that we did end up going with is a little bit more true to stopping just below the waistline, which I do like a little bit better on that. Mm -hmm. But we've got these extra shirts. I don't know what to do with them. I don't know if we should give them away um, because at the same time, I'm not thrilled with how they turned out. That's why they're the rejects from our test batches. So I don't know if anybody out there wants a reject shirt. Uh, I guess if you do let us know, maybe we can come up with a com like some sort of little contest or something, or I don't know, <laughs> but they're yeah. not the official legit shirts. Um, they were just all of our test versions of stuff. Now we only got one of each or, or a few. So don't, don't 400 of y'all all of a sudden say, I want a damn shirt. Yeah, yeah, we cannot we do 400. Three. Yeah, <laughs> Four. we can't, can't do 400. Um, I want to say we have, of one style and color, we've got a medium and a large. Of the other style and color, we have another medium and a large. And there may be a third one. So at the minimum, I think we have four shirts. At the maximum, there may be six that are these just erroneous test shirts that were there. Again, they were the rejects. They were the ones we decided we did not want. And so they are, I don't know what we're going to do with them. Um, Well, I'll tell you what, I just come up with the idea. uh Uh-oh. We sign them both. We sign, you put your name (laughs) on one, I put my name on the other corner. And we sell, no, we don't sell them. We We give those away. To different people that would like them and we do a drawing of course and they can take them and frame them and hang them above the fireplace in their living rooms there you go and if it's folded up and inside of a frame it doesn't matter if it goes down to your knees nobody will ever know um that is a great idea ken now we know from experience that we're going to have to practice on this shi- signing a t-shirt thing um it is not as easy as it sounds <laughs> i gotta talk to my my rock and roll buddies that sign stuff uh one of them are told me he says ken it's a lot easier to sign bare skin and i'm saying bare skin <laughs> no bear that is first uh, all over bear oh no not where we sign ken Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, you'll okay, have to tell there. you'll have to tell your your rock and roll buddy there that those were pre COVID days. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's getting close enough to anybody to be signing anything bare at the moment. No, um, no, no. Yeah. Not and our listeners anyway. are <laughs> our listeners are too far away for, for this, yeah. too. So. Um, but no, I mean, even just signing like signing on a T-shirt, it, it is not as easy as it sounds i almost no. think that there's a special type of marker that uh a roller that, type pen a roller mm, type 
I don't know if it's a roller because it's got to be big enough. You know, it can't just be like an ink pen. It's got to be a bigger, but it's, it's probably like a freer flowing marker or something that does it. Or even one of the, like the, not a paint pen, but kind of like a paint pen. Um, okay, so, so now while we're talking about this, any of our Hive Jive family, y'all know how to sign a t-shirt, you know, maybe, maybe one of our rock and roll buddies or maybe one of our movie star buddies or our family, maybe they're listening and say, oh, we know how to do it because we do it all the time, but it's much easier to sign a chest. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, we, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if no, we, we do... just sign, sign t-shirts. I would like to put a little caveat in here. If we do have movie star buddies out there somewhere, where the <laughs> hell are they hiding, and why haven't you made yourself known? <laughs> because they don't want the 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 publicity. Yeah, they're probably afraid we're going to make them I've do an interview. I've taken so many movie stars and rock and or not, well, I've taken rock and roll, I've taken country, fishing. They do not want to be known. They, when they come out here, this is their fun. That's what they do for fun. That's their thing. And, you know, one in particular, if y'all heard his voice, you'd know exactly who it was. He'd come out here in fluorescent blue shorts with a bright red shirt with uh, uh, mirror glasses and sandals. And you have never seen him dressed like that. But when he opens his mouth, <laughs> you know exactly who he is. I assure you. Um, was hello, uh, hello, hello. No, I think that. Yeah, I was going to say, was this the same individual whose uh, mustache was dancing on a Super Bowl commercial? Could be. <laughs> kind of think it is, actually. I think I remember this story, hmm. the the unedited version of this story. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, we'll have to look into that and uh, and see if we can figure out the the signing of shirts because that is a good thing. We we could actually sign them um, on either side of the shirt and and put them out there just for kicks and giggles to uh, to anybody and then come up with some sort of contest where you could win a, a signed version of the Hive Jive shirt. Um, and then maybe it won't matter so much if it is a size too big or too small because they're only medium and larges and they're in limited quantity. So it could be a a special unique only six of its kind um well actually if you go by the style and color of the shirts only two of a kind in most cases and go. uh and put them out there and then people could do that with them perhaps that's that's not a bad idea ken i, I like that that's a good idea and we can do it for caps we can do it with caps too we can get the caps in here see you do all the mailing anyway so we get the caps we sign them and you have to mail them back to them you get the caps into you we sign them and then you have to mail them back to them <laughs> well, see, the beauty of the distributor is that I don't have to do any of that. But if we sign something, then yes, it has to be routed to us first. And then I uh -huh. do have to go and mail it back out. And that's not nearly oh. as fun. <laughs> it's more fun oh. for everybody else because you get the the hands on personal touch. Yes. But, yeah. um, you know, full transparency. Ken and I don't touch these shirts before they come to you guys unless we did physically sign it. That would be different. Yeah. But otherwise, it goes from you to a distributor. Um, it goes initially to their headquarters here in the United States, and then it gets routed to the nearest distributor place based on your location. And then they are packed, printed, quality checked, repacked, and shipped. Picked is the first one. They are picked, printed, quality checked, packed, and then shipped. Um, and they do have a little personalized note that we put in there with them, but that's it. Uh, yeah. 
And and again, that's because, you know, I I have been told by my family I'm not allowed to take on any more projects. Um, <laughs> if you guys yeah. listen to uh, the interview with, not my interview with Jimma, but Jimma's interview with me, um, which if you have not listened to it, go check it out. It is on the Homestead Hens and Honey podcast, uh, the episode that came out last Thursday, I believe. Um, but go check that out. It's out there, and I think I think she actually titles it an uh, interview with John Swan from the high drive or something like that. Um, but, you know, in there, I do talk about the fact that my family has explicitly banned me from doing any other volunteer, anything. I'm not allowed to volunteer for any more board positions. And when we first started talking about doing t-shirts back in the day, I actually did screen printing. I actually had a silk screen press oh, and these, I could do screen are, printing. These are good, by the way, this screen printing is good on these shirts. Well, these are, uh, it's a direct to garment print, which is oh, not good. screen printing, but it is, it is decent. I'm, I'm happy with how mm -hmm. it turned out. Now I don't know how long it will truly last and hold up in the washes before it starts looking worn. I don't know on that part, but, mm -hmm. um, but it is good. Like I, I do, I am very oh, appreciative sure. of how it turned out. Yep. Uh, but when I, when I first got this whole like bright idea and I was like, Ooh, we could do shirts. My entire family was like, no, you are not buying a screen press. You are not putting it here. We are not having extra things to do. No. <laughs> so I was banned and forbidden from doing that. Um, but I think this worked out because again, if we were physically you and Ken, Ken and I, if, if we were sitting here doing this, we would have to pay for the shipping. You would have to pay more for shipping because it would be coming from Texas to God knows where. Um, so I think this was actually the, the better outcome. And as you said, Ken, these, they actually turned out really good. They look good. They really do. Caps look really good too. Yeah, so all you rednecks want a cap, get you a cap. It's a shame y'all can't have any, uh, but Ken and I really like our hats. <laughs> yeah, our caps look good. Maybe we'll think about putting that out there as a potential Christmas item for people. Maybe you can buy a cap. That'll work. Yeah, you know, I just thought of something. I like the hens and honey. I didn't know that was his thing. Now I'm sitting here. How am I going to steal that and call my, you know, I got hens in the backyard. And I got the, I got hives all over. And hens and honey. Hens and honey, hey, Pierre. We got chickens and we got bees. All we need are biscuits and sausage and, and biscuits and sausage. There you go. Well, I will say <laughs> that um, Gemma is just the sweetest little British girl. And I would really hate to see you be beat up by a little British girl uh, okay. when you tried to steal that. the name of her company. <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> yeah. Now, granted, it is Homestead Hens and Honey, but at the same time, you'll have to come up with your own. Uh, okay, the birds and the bees honey company. I'm sure that's do. actually. Yeah, you've got you know you guys have a heritage name here in Texas, yep. so that's what you use. Yep. How long we've we been on here? We have been on here for about forty to forty-five minutes, probably forty Good minutes guy. if you count out all the 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 goofing with technology <laughs> at the very very beginning of it. So, but the main thing is we're sounding a lot better now. I mean, wow, it sounds so much better. It does. And this is mm -hmm. the precursor to all of the extra stuff that shows up on Thursday, today, yeah. Thursday. Um, and then when my Wi-Fi comes back, it won't cost me as much. That's true. I'm afraid to see what this one costs you because the Wi-Fi <laughs> was not cooperating. No, yeah. no. The Wi-Fi was not cooperating. So... Uh, but yeah, uh, fingers crossed that it, that it, this continues and uh, with all the new little toys that we've got on the way, 
the podcast should sound professional back like it did when we used to record in a radio station, which that's a whole nother story that we will tell you about on another day. Um, and we will tell you that with our update on, uh, on everything Patreon. So look forward to that here in the coming week or so. And until then, we'll go ahead and let everybody go. Hope that you had a wonderful week. Hope you have a great weekend up ahead. And uh, what else, Ken? Hey, you spell professional. <laughs> P-R-O-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-